Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We're Nashville's on-demand sports network, and uh, we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and hopefully Twitter again soon. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. Let's thank our sponsors because they truly make everything happen for our show and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, one 15-minute workout equals five or more hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your car buying process. Go see what they've got in Lebanon or check them out at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. And speaking of sports medicine, Derrick Henry, I saw the Ian Rappaport had a report about Derrick Henry where he quickly, or about Julio Jones, quickly slides in there. Derrick Henry coming back uh, this later this season. We will have another doc talk presented by the Bone and Joint Institute with Dr. Jeff Watson, the foot and ankle specialist, about Derrick Henry's progress or what we think Derrick Henry should be doing a week from today. So next Tuesday, December 14th, uh, so stand pat for that. That'll be really good information uh, for next week on Derrick Henry. That'll be six weeks out. Right now, Derrick Henry is five weeks out from surgery, so he should be getting into some activity and some training there. But Julio Jones has been designated to return from injury reserve, Zach, and that's just a, a refreshing thing to get an email from the Titans of, somebody coming off of IR in the coming days instead of going on IR. Well, yeah, because that's what has happened throughout the course of this season is their best players have gone away and not been able to, to be available to play. And now, you know, I think the good thing, and this is hard to stay the course and be positive, is, we'll, I mean, at least I, I always felt they were going to come back, right? Like these weren't, complete season-ending injuries. Yes, Caleb Farley early in the year, their first-round pick, that was a season-ending ACL. He wasn't going to come back. But we still didn't know the impact that he could make on this team. He only had one start, right? So for the Titans, you felt Julio Jones, that was a, a maybe a management issue early on in the season with the hamstring. A.J. Brown came in that game against the Texans, hurt his hand or his thumb or his finger at something, came back in, didn't hurt his shoulder slash chest slash ribs. Again, Vrabel won't tell us a damn thing for, for what it's worth for the injuries, going with the Belichick approach, and we saw that a little bit last night, of Mac Jones not even being able to talk to Peyton Manning before the game because Belichick blocks it. Uh, so that, that's kind of what we know from injuries. And Derrick Henry, we all I think we always felt, besides Adam Schefter, that he was going to come back this season at some point and Tannehill for the last four games has just had to survive. They survived pretty well against the Rams on Sunday night and the saints coming down to that two point conversion, Mm -hmm. but they're scoring 13 points a clip the last two weeks and they're losing. They need offense and the tight end position, not stepping up wide receivers, not stepping up. Running backs doing the best they can, but making mistakes, fumbling the football. And we saw that in New England. So when you don't have the players, you can't make mistakes. And this Titans offense is, you hope the veteran leadership like a Julio Jones can come back and give them the spark that they need to end the season. Because 
as we know, the Titans have the easiest schedule for the rest of the way. They are winnable games for the Titans, but are they winnable with the players that will be playing? That's the curiosity I think that Titans fans have. This will be a much different team in the playoffs, but right now they've got to survive and maneuver their way through the AFC as now the Patriots are the number one seed, and then you get kind of a log jam right after that. Yeah, yeah, and the Bills, after losing last night in a crazy game, the Bills are 7-5 and and 7th in the AFC. So holding on to that last wildcard spot. And I saw this tweet from Booger McFarlane, 20 degrees wind chill in Buffalo last night with a loss to go to drop the seven and five for Buffalo. They go to Tampa next week where it's going to be 75 to 80 degrees uh, to play against Tom Brady. And so the the bills are in a really tough spot here where they got uh, some back-to-back games and then they have to face the Patriots again uh, in a couple weeks too. So in new England, so pretty wild there, but it's going to be a very uh, pivotal couple of weeks. And, you mentioned the Titans have winnable games. The Titans opened as a nine and a half point favorite at BetMGM against the Jags in week one in Jacksonville. The Titans were only four and a half point favorites. So even with all the injuries, the, the Jags are also beat up and they just suck. And so the Titans have the ability to get back on the winning track uh, against a vulnerable opponent where James Robinson might be banged up and not be able to play. Uh, and some other key players for the Jags might be out as well along with a struggling team as a whole who are trying to get high draft picks and the Titans need to get right. And so they can get right. But going into this season, Zach, it was all about the the weapons and the offensive firepower the Titans had since trading for Julio Jones on June 6th this summer. We haven't been able to see that. Julio has not scored a touchdown, got close in Seattle, but did not score a touchdown, only has one 100-yard game against Seattle and has only played – in six games total. He's missed the last three games completely with a hamstring injury. And then the bye week was week number four of him being on IR. So now Julio Jones, who had a lot of doubters when the trade was made of he's 32, he's injury prone. He is not explosive anymore. He's not at the hall of fame level that he was uh, back a couple of years ago in Atlanta for his career. And the Titans are going to get an old wide receiver who can't do much. Well, so far, the doubters have been proven correct based off of Julio Jones' uh, unavailability, really, for a lot of, look, he's played in six games and he's missed six games, right? So he has a lot of pressure, maybe he has pressure uh, to finish out the last five games of the season to prove that he can still play at a high level, but it's completely up in the air because of the hamstring injury he's had. Yeah, well, and you bring up, what Julio Jones and the expectations were this season. I think from the outsiders and especially people from Atlanta, they were like, that guy's washed up. We need to get rid of him. This is the time to get rid of him. And Julio Jones is, look, he's he's glad he's not on the Falcons. The Falcons aren't competing for a playoff spot, right? The Titans Mm -hmm. are. And so, you know, Julio Jones is in a spot to prove himself to be in that spotlight. He's been to one Super Bowl. He was a beast in that Super Bowl, but Tom Brady and the Patriots were a little bit bigger down the stretch. And he's been trying to get back to that point in his career from, from that time. But he he's just a, kind of a shell of himself. And this these hamstrings, those are the big concern because if you re-injure your hamstring, it's like 
you done, right? You, you got to be sat down for multiple weeks. And we've seen that throughout the course of this season. I don't know how much this has helped. I think that's the curious thing that I think Titans fans have is, and I'll be honest, it pissed me off how the Titans handled Julio Jones early on in the season. Sure. They were trying to play games. And you know what? They got burned. Julio Jones comes up to the podium and is like, I feel good. I feel I feel good. He Ready said to play. he was asked about his hamstring when he was on the injury report for a hamstring, and he responded, what hamstring? That is an issue, right? Don't play games because ends up that hamstring has kept you out multiple weeks, put you on IR. Now, look, that's glass half empty. Uh, that, that's in the past. You can't change that, right? All dead and gone. Now, looking forward to the next handful of games to finish the regular season, can Julio be what they traded for? I mean, how much are they paying him? I, I need to look up the contract. I got it. I got it. I got it. Because it's got to be ridiculous for the production that he's given you up until this point this season. And I know that you like to play the you as a general statement. The Titans like to play the, oh, well, we traded for him because of the playoffs. Well, can he be healthy? I, they still haven't figured that out. Right. So Julio Jones' contract right now, his base salary this year, because they did restructure it, he's only making $1.3 million in base salary. Uh, but the, the yearly cash that he's gotten this year uh, is fifteen point three. So they restructured a lot of that money. Dollars? Oh, my God. <laughs> but again, they, they restructured that, so it's not killing the cap right now. So $15.3 million is how much he has been paid by the Titans this year. I know it's not killing the cap, but it'd be killing Amy Adams Strunk paying this man $15 million to do what he has done, which is not very much. Well, he's still second on the team in receiving yards after he hasn't played since the Rams game on Sunday night. The receiving teams, the receiving course sucks. I I know it's just, that's, it's just, it's crazy that he's still second in the team in yards, (laughs) but uh, you know, any, Anyway, but uh, that's because Jeremy Nichols has missed the last couple of games too, and he's third in the team in yards. Damn. And I mean, look, that's ridiculous. injuries all around, right? Yes. Tight yeah. ends have not done anything. Well, the wide receiver room has been a, a carousel, right? I mean, uh, A.J. Brown in, A.J. Brown out. Julio yeah. Jones out, Julio Jones in, Julio Jones out, right? Like, well, you don't know. And Julio Jones didn't even practice much during training camp. we got to remember that. No, this yeah, is not missed- just a start of the season thing. Yeah, no doubt. He and so for to finish up the Julio Jones contract uh, conversation here. So because somebody asked, uh, does he have one more year left? So the Titans have a potential out this offseason, but that would cost them thirteen point two million dollars in dead cap. I don't think they can afford that. So Julio Jones is going to be here in twenty twenty two with a base salary of eleven point five over the next two years. So through so that leads us. Well, that leads us to our next question, which is. Can Julio Jones prove his value the rest of the year, right? Like, that's what he needs to do. $15 million, you got to show up because he has it. Look, he got screwed in Seattle. That was a touchdown. But no doubt. We can't be just fighting about one touchdown when we're in week 13. Like 14. (laughs) Yeah, I guess because of the ball, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And so, all right, so here's the question. Do you believe or doubt that Julio Jones will live up to his hype for the rest of the season. Do you believe or are you doubting that Julio Jones will live up to his hype for the rest of the season? But real quick, 
going to tell you guys about our friends at Renters Warehouse. Renterswarehouse.com. That is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways that Renters Warehouse can help you out. It creates extra cash flow for you and your family by renting out your property instead of selling it. Uh, if you want to get long-term equity that helps you with long-term wealth and get your retirement plan ready, Rent Estate is a great way to go about that. And Renters Warehouse, they're the pros. They do everything. They're the landlords. You're the owner. It's great to be an owner, not being a landlord. But uh, being a landlord is a lot of work. So let Renters Warehouse do all of it for you. The maintenance calls at 3 a.m., uh, finding the tenants, collecting the checks. You just get paid. And Renters Warehouse makes it easy on you for a low rate every month. They handle everything at RentersWarehouse.com. A to Z Sports, Bet MGM. They power us here in the mornings. Use that promo code ATOZ for new users. You get up to a $1,000 risk-free bet. You can't beat that. But that promo code ATOZ Sports. Download the app today on your Android or Apple uh, app store. Yep. And, man, it is a fun time. You, you you can win some money. They give you parlay boosts. They, they do it all. They give you a Monday free bet. I got to figure out what I'm putting my $10 down uh, here on a Tuesday. Got a strategically maybe a future in the NBA. I don't know, but I get a $10 free bet each Monday. That's incentive enough to download BetMGM. All right. So do you believe or doubt that Julio Jones will live up to his hype for the rest of the season? There's a lot of comments, Zach. Um, And Tony Hernandez on on Twitter says, y'all wanted Julio. You got Julio. And that's, you know, said with sarcasm is you wanted Julio. You got Julio in his hamstring, who's missed half the games uh, so far for the Titans uh, this season. So, uh, see, Antonio says, believe. Uh, Steve says, I have to say, I doubt it. A lot to prove. Sam says, have faith in Julio. Samantha says, believe with a heart emoji. Um, So, more comments. Zach, do you have more comments to read us? Malachi says, doubt. The other parts are bad, bad. He was brought in to help Henry and AJ. Can't do that with them on IR. And I can say Malachi, well, now is Julio's opportunity to make up for lost time because you're right. AJ and Henry are still on the shelf for at least a couple more weeks. So now is Julio's time to make up for the six games that he lost and make up for the lack of production that he's had so far in his Titans career. Yeah. So look, I think Julio Jones is a player. I think we've seen glimpses this season that he can play at the level we all thought the reason why the Titans traded for him, right? I mean, in Seattle, he made some big-time plays, big-time catches. And that was kind of before, I think, he hurt his hamstring, right? Yeah, yeah, it was week two. Yeah, We, we don't know the... Uh, I guess he hurt it at the end of the Colts game. Week three, yeah. Week three is when things start to got, get fishy, right? Because Julio was... It was a one-score game... Julio was on the sideline the fourth quarter as the Titans went down there and scored to put that game on ice. Um, so, and, and Vrabel, and, was, and this is another thing, Vrabel tried to play window dressing and was yeah. like, ah, well, we need to rest players, right? We no, thought it was, we, the, it was a, it was a, he wanted to do the best thing for the team. And then, so it was a, it was a coach's decision. Then it was a, he got tight. Then it was a, oh, he's on the injury report with a hamstring. <laughs> Right, and then he games. missed the next two games, right? And then he missed the next two games and did not pull, come back until the Titans hosted the Bills. I think I, I doubt Julio Jones's hamstring. <clears throat> so I have to doubt him. I mean, that's where I'm at. 
like again, him as a player, I I still think he's got juice left in the tank, but I doubt his hamstring. I I, I have a feeling that this season is going to be chalked up because he can't stay healthy. I hope that's not the case. I think everybody as an NFL fan wants to see Julio Jones doing Julio Jones things. That is catching tough passes, tiptoeing the sidelines, catching fades in the corner of the end zones. Like that's what we've known. That's what he's built his career on. Mm-hmm. And I still think he has that in him. I don't doubt Julio is the player, but I doubt Julio's hamstring. So I have to say doubt because he's proven nothing. And that injury is not one of those things that, you know, it's not, and this is honestly fortunate. It's not like Derrick Henry's broken foot. You know, a bone can heal, right? They, they have, that's medical yeah. science, right? Time and and staying off of it and letting that bone heal and then the rehabilitation process to get strength back in that foot and weight and then make sure Derrick Henry is is ready and raring to go go and can take the carries that he was in physical shape, et cetera, et cetera. Hamstrings aren't like that. Muscles versus bone. I mean, we talk to to doctors all the time at the Bone and Joint Institute, and they tell us that. And Julio's not dealing with a bone. He's dealing with a hamstring that keeps getting re-strung. And and that doesn't work in the NFL, especially that doesn't work for a top-tier wide receiver that, to Julio's credit, and Austin, you saw this live, I saw this live. Julio is such an explosive player. This guy, you talk about wide receivers that get separation in the NFL. It's one of the hardest things to do because separate most, not all, most NFL wide receivers can catch the football. Julio Jones can get open and catch the football. That's a recipe for an excellent Hall of Fame wide receiver, which we've seen. The problem is if you can't get open, it makes it harder on everybody. And that hamstring, I think what I'm afraid of, may prevent him from being the best Julio that he can be and the reason why the Titans traded for him. So I have to go with, I doubt his hamstring, so I doubt it. Yeah, um, it, it's tough because like when you're talking about, when you're when we're having a specific conversation about living up to his hype about the trade, I don't think he can live up to said hype in the regular season. He can go earn that in the playoffs because you know what the best, you know why owners love making the playoffs? Obviously, they 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 win, right? So that's good for business. But in the playoffs, players are already paid their salaries. Players get $25,000 a week for a playoff game. Owners who get home playoff games get 100% of money and only have to dish out twenty five grand a week per player. That's good business right there. So what Julio can do is if this team plays in three playoff games, wild card, divisional, AFC Championship game, Julio has an opportunity to earn back that hype and be worth the $15 million that he's got in his pocket this year from the Titans, if that's the case. Now, he needs to help them get there because with the current offensive personnel they have, it's going to be really tough for them to be successful enough. I mean, look, making the playoffs, I think they can do that. I think they can win the division because they did all their heavy lifting earlier. But you're trying to position yourself in the playoffs to be uh, they had the most advantageous spot as, as possible. And with the Patriots schedule and the Titans schedule, there's still opportunity for the one seed and a buy. But again, you're on the outside looking in 
because you have to have a you have to be a whole game better than the Patriots because they got the head to head on you, right? So I I overall I doubt that Julio can live up to the hype in the regular season, but I do think in the playoffs is what this thing is all about. Because in the playoffs, remember pick your poison. You remember it, we, I drew on my on my notepad. Uh, where AJ Brown was on one side, Julio was on the other side, and Derek Henry was in the backfield. I said, you know, what are you going to do? How do you guard this? We haven't really seen that that often. One one receivers or both have been out, and then Derek Henry's been out. But in the, in January, if you get all three of those guys back, now you you put defenses in a in a spot where they have to make decisions, and they're going to leave somebody to be successful out of those three. So you just got to get back to the pick-your-poison scenario for this personnel. Can it be what we thought it could be? Like, you just mentioned the, the you know, the the terrible threesome with, with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry in the backfield. Can that be what we thought it could be? No, not to the level. Because, I mean, if it is in the playoffs, awesome. Because now you're a really hard team to beat. Because what have we seen – in this AFC, everybody's beatable. In the AFC, every anybody can go down. There's no elite team in the AFC. And so if the Titans, I think if the Titans are healthy, they're elite. But you got a long way to go to get healthy. And then when you're healthy, you can't just expect to go out there, roll the ball out to midfield and say, hey, we're elite. You got to get into a rhythm, which they weren't able to do in or in September, but you know, I, I, so I don't expect them to be able to live up to that pick your poison type of hype. Well, and two things, Louie brings up Andy's batter, battling father time, which is true, right? So the get back is not as quick as if you're a spry 24 year old, right? Ready to go. And then Chris comes in with a hot take and he says, Julio Jones, he thinks will be held out Sunday. What do you think about that? And if that could happen, because we don't know that yet. We don't. He just came uh, off IR. That's all he yeah, did. And so right now, right, well, he's not off IR yet. That's that's the the nuanced thing about this. He's still on IR. He's been designated to return, so he can practice for up to 21 days before they have to make the decision yet. So you know, Ian Rappaport and Mike Rabel talked about this. They want to go out there and see him practice, see him run to monitor the explosiveness and the speed that he was at prior to getting hurt to see where he's at. I think he plays against the Jags on Sunday simply because they have to have somebody else. Well, they have they, to win. They have, they have to, to score win. more than 13 points. Yes, you have. To, and I think you can score 13 points and beat the Jags. <laughs> if they lose to the Jags, it's, I think everything now is up in the air. Yeah, so here, here's my thought about Sunday against the Jags. I think Julio plays, but I think Julio's route tree is a seedling. It's a young tree. It's not a big, tall tree. Julio's route tree is not going to have a go route. Julio's route tree is not going to have anything where he's screaming on a crossing route across the field. Julio's route tree is going to be managed for his hamstring. And they're not like Marcus Johnson ran a go route against the Texans, popped his hamstring. He's on the shelf for the rest of the year. I don't think you're going to see Julio put in that situation. It's going to be a lot more manageable on the explosiveness. And I think, it'll be an adjusted route tree to help him out, get back into it. And, and, a Sam, and a Sam says he'll be on a, a on a snap count. I, I agree he'll be on a snap count as well. What do we think about, and I've, had, I've seen a couple of comments come in, 
What about Tate? What about Golden Tate? We haven't really heard much from him not playing in the last game in which we kind of thought he could help and then didn't have the opportunity to. Well, now Golden Tate, this will be his third week of practice, right? And so I mentioned this while you were out, I think. I can't remember. But running backs can come in and read and react and join a team off the street easier than a wide receiver. Wide receivers take more time to get into a rhythm, to understand the pacing of the offense, the route combinations, and the reads of the defense. So maybe he needed a couple more weeks to get comfortable. Um, And so now that Golden Tate is in week three of practice, I would expect him to be called up at some point this week. No information, just a flat-out guess, uh, but I would expect him to be called up this week. Yeah, and we'll find out what he can do because they do need help. Like, I mean, they've proven in the last two games scoring 13 points apiece and losing both of those to the Texans and the Patriots. Watching their offense, Ryan Tannehill needs help. I mean, he he's crying for help. Julio no, Jones it, can be that help. I, I wouldn't be upset if they didn't play Julio this week. Here's why I think they need Julio, and I've got a stat to prove it. So I didn't stat- say they don't need him. I didn't say that. I just don't – I wouldn't be upset because I am more focused on the hamstring. I don't I trust that it. SOB. And I'm talking directly to the hamstring. I don't trust it. Yeah. And so I one thing that we do know – from medical science, the more rest a hamstring gets, the more strong the, the strength is built, right? Yeah, he's, he's at four weeks. He's at four weeks. How much could you get done in that four weeks? Because it was the three games and a bye. So, all right. So, I've got a stat of where I think Julio Jones can help the, this Titans offense the most outside of being obvious. Oh, he's Julio. He's better than everybody else. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. This holiday season, they have you covered. If you're thinking about a vehicle, think about a Hyundai Palisade or a Hyundai Sonata or a Hyundai Santa Fe or a Hyundai Lantra. I mean, they have your perfect make and model. You just haven't figured it out yet. And Payne Bone and his team can help you figure that out, whether it's for you, your wife, your kids, maybe your kid, maybe son or daughter is turning 16, sweet 16, saying, hey, I need a car. Fuel efficiency is key. Spend them the right money, and this is what I've learned in my life. I bought my 2012 Hyundai Sonata in 2012, and I bought it because of its fuel efficiency. I haven't had any problems with it. It's been efficient. It's been reliable. And the best part is, is that I've saved money over that the course of you know almost 10 years with saving money on fuel. And it's got an eco button right there. So be smart. If you're looking for a car, go to Wilson County Hyundai. Plus, you're not going to get the Nashville downtown prices, right? They jack those things up, just like real estate. In the middle of Nashville, you know, a million-dollar house in Nashville, God knows what you can get on the outskirts. It's the same way they can hook you up with a great deal. So be smart, be intelligent, and go out to Wilson County Hyundai, quick trip, and get your car today. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app. Use our code ATOZ Sports and get a risk free bet up to $1,000 after your first deposit with your first bet. That's code ATOZ Sports for risk free bet up to $1,000 for new users at BetMGM after your first deposit with your first bet. Also, it is eSports picks coming up later today at 2 p.m. Central with our guys, uh, Alan Bell and Brian Edwards. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or must be present in Tennessee and for gambling problem support, call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. So I've got this stat uh, for 
how Julio Jones can really help out the Titans offense. And I'm, I'm reading off of our website, it is esports.com from Buck's uh, article yesterday that he wrote about Julio's, the difference in Julio and the other wide receivers in opening up the offense. So Julio Jones's average depth of target is 12.4 yards down the field. So average depth of target, right? That makes sense to everybody how far down the field you are when the ball is thrown to you. Julio's is, is 12.4 yards average depth of target. The Titans wide receivers of the last few weeks, Nick Westbrook-Akine, 9.9 yards. Chester Rogers, 9.4 yards. Bless Cody Hollister and his 5.8 yards of depth of target. Rookie Des Fitzpatrick actually has 14.9 yards uh, depth per target, but he's only been thrown to eight times. So that's kind of hard to look at. The other guys that are above Julio are A.J. Brown and Marcus Johnson. And so they're on IR. So Julio Jones, why is this important? Julio Jones needs to spread out the defense to allow for Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard to not have as much traffic to create space uh, in the run game to continue to be effective in the run game. And so if Julio can hold back a safety for an extra half a step, that could be an extra yard or two for the running backs. And now you're moving the ball down the field uh, with Julio Jones just being out there on the field. Not necessarily being as productive as he can be, but just being on the field opens up the defense just a little bit more. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think I'll double down with that because Max brings up a good point. He'll get the love of the show because I think it kind of embodies what we're talking about. And that is the respect factor. And you've mentioned it earlier in the show. Julio is like Henry. Just being on the field demands respect from the defense. It changes people's minds, right? Decision-making on defense is key. And if you have to... You don't have Cody Hollister ain't keeping you up at night. You're not sweating through pregame warmups, thinking about uh, Des Fitzpatrick. You're not doing that, but you are conscientious of a player like Julio Jones. And I would say this regardless of his health right now, he obviously has to be on the field. And the problem is his hamstring has taken him off the field, but I'm right there with Max is just being there does make a difference, right? It's kind of like back, it's like in school. You, you, When your regular teacher is there, you pay more attention. When the substitute comes in, oh man. And if you know anything about, well, you probably don't. Me in grade school, I was uh, brutal to be in class with. I had to sit up front, not surprising. I had assigned no, seats. I, I was probably the one guy that had assigned seat in all of his class. When I saw a substitute teacher, it was blood in the water. It was, oh man, it was fun. Cornerbacks, when they see Des Fitzpatrick and Cody Hollister and guys like that, and you know, I hate how Stephen A. Smith says, and no disrespect. I hate that. No, disrespect. You're disrespecting them. Don't say don't disrespect. Here's a little side chain on Tuesday because I'm now I'm hot. Don't say no disrespect and then destroy a man. Destroy a man with your chest. Say it with your chest. Des Fitzpatrick and Cody Hollister and the wide receiver room right now and that's been playing that has only been averaging 13 points a game the last two two weeks, they can't cut the mustard, okay? Defenses don't fear them. 
they probably salivate to get the opportunity to cover guys like that. So, no, not no disrespect. Disrespect because the only way you get respected is to make big plays and cut catch touchdowns. And we hadn't seen that enough in the last two weeks. That's why there's been two fat L's the last two weeks on offense. So Julio Jones, again, doubling down on Max. He's like Derrick Henry because being on the field creates a different mindset from the defense, which creates openings, which creates opportunities for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, for example, a great example of Derrick Henry being on the field and getting that respect is that Halloween Colts game. When Derrick Henry had 26 carries and a broken foot, wasn't very productive, but he was out there, and A.J. Brown had over 150 yards receiving that day. <laughs> and the Titans were able to put and up help steal points. the game in overtime against yes, the Colts. exactly. To help them. And God, uh, we knew this at the time, Austin, because we talked about it on the postgame show, but God bless. If the Titans would have lost that game, chaos right now. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't, because the, the Colts, besides the Patriots, are the hottest team in football. I mean, the Patriots are number one, but the Colts are right there. I mean, they are, they're hot and they're playing really good football. Now, will that continue the rest of the season? We'll find out. But right. Man, them beating the Colts in Indy, blessing. Hashtag bless. Oh, it, was, it was everything, right? Like that that made the Titans season, especially when you found out that following morning that Derrick Henry had a broken foot. Uh, so, again, uh, Brian says NWI is okay at number three. Yeah, I, again, like I think NWI has shown you enough that he can but be he's a been solid playing number one. <laughs> yes, but he's been at number one and he can't be number one. Like, can he be number two? Ah, I mean, he might, he will be. A, on Sunday in Jacksonville or against Jacksonville, if Julio's out there. So, um, and, and, and Joseph says, how are the Colts hot? They keep winning games. Now, Joseph, the Colts are hot, but they started frozen. And so they're still trying to thaw themselves out a little bit because of the hole they put themselves in to start the year. But the Colts are on fire and they're a dangerous team. However, they're dangerous, but they're locked in a box because they put themselves in a box and they can't control anything else outside of the box. So, I mean, how are they hot? They've won six out of their last eight. They've won four out of their last five. I don't know what, I mean, these are straight like records, homie. Like I, they are blazing. And Carson Wentz, what, what they found is with Jonathan Taylor, they found their offensive identity. They struggled with that a little bit early on in the season. And look, they played good competition. The Seahawks were a different team at the beginning of the year than they are now. The Rams are big, were a good team. Those were their first two losses. And then the Titans, they, they got caught and the Titans won that game. But man, they have, you know how a team maturates throughout the course of the season and then all of a sudden it clicks? The problem with the Titans is at the beginning of the year, they knew who they were. I mean, the last couple of years, they know their identity. The problem is their identifier, Derrick Henry, goes down. The Colts with a brand-new quarterback, they didn't know who they were. And so it took them a little bit of time. But they've won, they've won six out of their last eight games. That's why they're yeah. in the position, and they're in the well, playoff push. I mean, they're in the, they're, they're in the hunt. But again, they, they really have to be near perfect to make it. But and, the and Titans that, don't have the players – Honestly, to win consistently the rest of the year. I I bet you Colts fans are optimistic that the Titans are going to lose. To the Jags? They lost to the Texans. 
Yeah, but that was a that they lost to Texas because they turned the ball over five times. Still lost. I I know, I know, but like they still gained over four hundred yards of offense. Anyway, we're get we're digressing. So, all right, let's ask this question, Zach, because I find this pretty interesting. How many touchdowns will Julio Jones catch in the last five games of the season? How many touchdowns will Julio Jones catch in the last five games? of the season. But first, I'm going to tell you guys about Mandu, the pulse of fitness where one 15 minute workout equals five plus hours in the weight room. How does 15 minutes possibly equal five hours? It's, it's a full body electronic muscle stimulation and it's real. It is legit. I had a workout in uh, yesterday and it was fantastic. I'm already feeling some soreness through my hamstrings, uh, through my quads, my chest, uh, my arms. Mandu is real. That can help you achieve your fitness goals. Uh, whether you're trying to lose that extra fat or build extra muscle mass and take care of your joints that might be banged up from old injuries, Mandu can help you out. And your first workout's free. So if you don't believe me, go try it. And then you'll believe me after the second day after that first free workout when you can barely sit up and down because you're so sore and, and you're feeling that Mandu uh, workout there. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll take $100 off your first month when you sign up, guys, Mandu is the pulse of fitness. It's the future of fitness. And sign up. Uh, your first workout's free at mandu.com. Bet MGM. Download the app today. New users. Use that promo code ATOZ Sports. As you see right there on the screen, they are the king of sports books. They've got you covered with all different kinds of bets. They give you boosts. They give you parlay, VIP boosts. They give you a turkey boost. During Thanksgiving, Christmas is right around the corner. I'm expecting some holiday cheer from BetMGM, and hopefully that's in the form of that moolah, baby. BetMGM, download the app today on your Android or your Apple and use the promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, so a lot of comments coming in on how many touchdowns will Julio Jones catch in the last five games of the season. Victor's a zero, Rob's a zero. Steven says four. Uh, uh, Victor and Rob are triple commenting here. Uh, Stefan says <laughs> three, Jabez zero, Noah zero, Casey three. Uh, Kenneth says Julio with five, Steven and Joseph are threes, Mikey with zero, Ben says zip, sad face, three and three from Steven and Jonathan, four from Daniel, Jarvis says three to five, David says three, uh, Chilmo says zero, <laughs> Zane says a field goal. Uh, Brent says zero JD over on Twitch, uh, J nine D over on Twitch says two lane two, uh, Stacy three, Alex one Damon with two Zach. I think he gets two. I, I, I think he gets two. Um, I don't know when, but I think two touchdowns, uh, is exactly, um, ex exactly how many he'll score over the last five. All months. right. So side question, how many do you think FERC will get two more? <laughs> I hope that's not the case. I don't know if he'll get two more. Maybe if they fumble in the end zone, maybe recoveries. Yeah. Uh, I, I think two is the smart answer, but look, I, I, I stick with my gut. I, I, I doubted him, but here's the thing. They don't have anybody else that is even close to his skill set, you know? Yeah. So I think he can take advantage of AJ Brown being out. I'll go three. Here's here's the big one. Is when the Titans are in the red zone, Julio's the only guy to go to. Yeah, because that doesn't uh 
strain his hamstring, right? Because you're short yardage. You, you cut the field, right? So you don't have to move as quick, but it's all about jumping, jumping ability, catch point, all of that other stuff. But I, I'm going to say three just because of the lack of pieces around him. If they still had Derrick Henry, I probably would go with one. But because they don't, they, yeah. there's no A.J. Brown for somewhat of the f- future, uh, I'll go three. Yeah, I'm at two. I think two sounds good. Um, you know, they just they they have to score touchdowns in the red zone, and they've lost the red zone weapon in Derrick Henry and AJ Brown also a beast in the red zone. Where you know it's crazy, but Michael Pruitt with three touchdowns is tied for the lead on the team, right? Because Michael Pruitt has been a goal, and Jeff Swain have been goal line touchdown scores on play action pass uh, over the course of the year. So I think two touchdowns. You think three touchdowns for Julio Jones? I mean, they just need three wins, right? Get to 11 and six and call it a day, right? That's that's what the Titans need is three more wins, knock out the Colts, send them packing, no soup for you, Colts, and, you know, go do your damage in the playoffs. How fun is this going to be? You've got Patriots Colts on Saturday night, December 18th. Ooh. I just saw that. I was looking at the schedule because um, somebody brought this up, which, I mean, look, I mean, it's fair, but they mentioned the, the Colts. Oh, AJ, the Colts beating a bunch of bums lately. I mean, it's not completely false with the way the Bills are uh, of play, but they beat the Jets, Jags, they beat the Bills, which I still think in Buffalo is respectable. I don't think that yeah. that's a bad, bad win. Then they beat the Texans last week. They lost a close game to the Bucs that was back and forth. They, they will really be tested on the 18th because they get a bye week this week for Indianapolis. That Saturday night, Colts, Patriots. Both I'll teams in a bye. And we'll, we'll Both teams in a bye. Who do, you, who do you cheer for if you're a Titans fan? This is tough. If the Titans beat the Jags, you cheer for the Colts. Right? If the Titans beat the Jags. Well, what are you trying to achieve? Are you are you going for broke or are you just trying to stay alive, right? Like, staying alive means you're just trying to win the division and get in the playoffs. Right. But if it, you really think that you can compete to get that number one seed, you would really want to cheer for the Colts because if you take care of business, Austin, it doesn't matter. It's but it's the if you take care of business, then you're going for the one seed, right? So you cheer for the Colts because you took care of business against the Jags. Because if the Titans beat but the you Jags, don't have the, if the okay, Titans beat the Jags, then both the Titans and the Patriots are nine and four, right? And the Patriots would still be the one seed at nine and four because they got the head to head. If the Patriots lose to the Colts, they're nine and five. And the Titans go to Pittsburgh the next day for a chance to get to ten and four to have the one seed. And now, if the tight all the so if the Titans beat the Jags, the number is two. Is two combined Titans wins or Colts losses? So you cheer for the Colts to knock down the Patriots because you just created extra separation by beating Jacksonville. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But again, if if you lose to the Jags. Then go Pats go. <laughs> you go Pats go. You're right. I, I I agree with that as well because you're you're 
because you don't you're have the tiebreaker with the Patriots, you've fallen behind. Yeah, you're playing a different game. Yeah, so you get again, you have to beat the Jags. It is the Jags are a must win. Like there's they're one in ten, but they're nah. an absolute must win. You have to beat Jacksonville. Are they two and ten? Two and ten. You got to beat Jacksonville. They have to be two and eleven. Uh, here's a quick trivia. Before Jacksonville is two and ten. Who are the two teams that they've beaten? The Texans in week one. No, they lost the Texans in week one. They yeah, uh, they got beat 37-21. They beat the Bills nine to six. Yes. And that was their second win. Who yes. did they beat for their first win? This is a good little side trivia. It is. The Dolphins? You just looked at it. Huh? Did you just look at the chat? No, no, because I knew the Dolphins started one and five. You the Dolphins are correct. It just looked like you looked down. So that's oh no, I looked, I looked, I looked out my hallway. (laughs) I was thinking ding ding ding. You are correct. Okay. Dolphins. Dolphins, Dolphins, and Bills. Not the Jets. No, not the Jets. Not the Jets. All right. A to Z Sports. The Titans lost to the Jets. Yes. And the Bengals lost to the Jets. This has been you know, we always said this has been a crazy NFL, but this is kind of the NFL. This is kind of the best part about why the league is so popular is that anything can happen. The teams and the structure of the league is just primo, right? You don't have a lot of the Sacramento Kings. Like the Lions just beat the, the, the damn Vikings who were in the playoff run. You know, like, I mean, I just, I love this league. I, I, I do. A to Z Sports here live on this Tuesday. And Tuesday, Ronnie's got it right. Trivia time. LFG. It is sports trivia time on this Tuesday. So we've got 10 trivia questions. And we're going to go after these as a team. We are all on the same team here on A to Z Sports uh, Tuesday trivia. So get ready for this. You have two rules. One, no Googling. Two, no texting or calling a friend. If somebody is in your personal vicinity, Next to you, you can use them in this as well. But no Googling, no phoning a friend or texting a friend. So let's get this trivia going. We're starting at 0-0, but Zach, we'll real quickly tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, know who to go to, know who to trust. Bone & Joint Institute has over a dozen doctors there at their Franklin main campus. And as of yesterday, opened up their Brentwood Clinic. So they've got Franklin main campus where they can do everything. The Brentwood clinic uh, for your convenience. And also the Nolansville clinic as the bone and joint Institute is growing, growing, growing uh, after being open for just a couple of years now. So head to bone and joint org. It is sports. Speaking of, we just talked about the Jags. We're going to be live pregame halftime postgame show before Jags Titans. Austin saying a must win for the Titans to compete in the AFC to get to where they want to go. We'll be live there. Come hang out with us. You got two for ones, Mill Creek, Brew on tap. That's two for ones on game day. So you can come pregame, go watch if the Titans win. You can come celebrate with us, and it's right across the street. That's kind of the best part is a simple trip, walking distance from Nissan Stadium right there to the mainstay. All right, time for Tuesday Sports Trivia. We're at 0-0 after finishing our last set with 79% win hit. 
hit rate there on trivia. The best we've ever done on Tuesday sports trivia. So Zach, let's get this thing rolling. All right. What do we talk? Who did we talk about today? Julio. What position does he play? Wide receiver. We have a quiz on NFL wide receivers today. Ah, okay. And this quiz is labeled as difficult. Okay, so, bring it on. Well, hey, uh, hey, let's let's saddle up, partner. Question number one: Who was the only wide receiver drafted with the first overall pick in the 1980s? Ooh, this is interesting. I know it's not one of these guys. Uh, is it Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Irving Fryer? That's a blast from the past. Or Michael Irving? Tim Brown, Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Irving Fryer, or Michael Irving, the only wide receiver drafted with the first overall pick in the 1980s? I think it's Tim Brown. I believe it is Tim Brown as well. Tim Brown won the Heisman. It wasn't Jerry Rice. It was not Jerry Rice. And it was not... Michael Irvin either. No, he was not a first number one overall pick. Irving Fryer, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I, it's I mean, I, I know the name. I don't know when he was drafted. And Ronnie says Irving Fryer, guys, lock it in. And and Ronnie's usually really good on this. But everybody else is going Tim Brown, Tim Brown, Tim Brown, Tim Brown, Tim Brown. Yeah, I know. I think it's Tim Brown. And then but, now we've got a cut. Now we got Brad coming in with 100 Fryer. Fryer in '84. I mean, this is why we have the chat. And Ronnie is Ronnie is a superstar trivia player. Like he is, he is, this is Ronnie's thing. And I never think it's good to go against Ronnie. So I always like when I'm when I'm betting. If I have a spread or a trend that I like, I roll with it. So let's go with Irving Fryer. Final A to Z. Hey, Dustin says I think Brown went third. So you want to lock that in? You lock Final that in. We'll go with yep. Irving Fryer. Next question. Who is the only wide receiver drafted with the first overall pick in the 1990s? So we just did the 80s. Let's do the 90s. Marvin Harrison, no. Randy Moss, no. Terrell Owens, or no. Keyshawn Johnson? It's got to be Keyshawn. Keyshawn with the Jets. It's crazy to think about a wide receiver going number one overall now. Yeah, it has to be Keyshawn. It's Keyshawn. Because Randy Moss was 19th or 18th because he was after Kevin Dyson. went to UTC and Marvin Harrison went to Syracuse. He was the number one. I, it's, right. Keyshawn it's Keyshawn from USC. Yeah, Keyshawn. Final A to Z. All right, next question. Which of these former Heisman Trophy winning wide receivers that played in the NFL in 2003? Which of these was a former Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver that played in the NFL in 2003? So there's three answers. It's either Tim Brown, Herschel Walker, or Mike Rozier. Well, it's got to be Tim Brown because Herschel Walker and Rozier are running backs. And Tim Brown was on the Raiders in 03. So it's Tim Brown. I'm glad and, we didn't guess Tim and, Brown. Doesn't my that kind of solidify that we got the first one right, maybe? Yeah, my philosophy, there's never uh, the same person or team is never the answer twice in a set of quiz, says Tim Brown. Lock it in? Lock final A to Z. All right. Who was the first wide receiver to have over 200 yards receiving in a Super Bowl? 
Tony Hill, Lynn Swan, Jerry Rice, or Troy Brown? I want to say it was Lynn Swan, but I think we got to go to the chat. Who was the first wide receiver to have over 200 yards receiving in a Super Bowl? Tony Hill, Lynn Swan, Jerry Rice, or Troy Brown? I Jerry Rice in the, I think it's Jerry Rice because Steve Young threw for like five touchdowns and like 470 yards in one of those Super Bowls. It's not Troy Brown because he had a bunch of catch catches, but not yards like that. It I think it's Jerry Rice because uh, I don't think the Steelers put up yards like that. I mean, I'm 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 with Jay Rome. I'm between Swan and Rice. I think it's, but I you. Yeah, Troy Brown. Uh, Troy Brown wasn't an MVP. Um, I'm not the, debating Troy Brown. I'm debating Glenn Swan. It's yeah, not. I'm, Troy I'm, Brown. I'm commenting with the in the comment section with people without naming them. It looks like the chat's going with Rice. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's Jerry Rice. You want to lock that in? Finally, to Z Jerry Rice. Which wide receiver led the NFL in receiving yards in 2003? Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Marvin Harrison. Or Tory Holt. Oh my God! It could be any of those guys. <clears throat> it could be all of them. So here's the thing. Um, you, Nate, was Tim Brown in there? No. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> so 2003 was Peyton Manning's co MVP year with McNair. Correct. So Marvin Harrison, I want to say, broke the record for receptions around that time in a season. So it's T.O. Who Randy went to the Moss. Super Bowl that year? It was Patriots and uh, Eagles. Eagles. It wasn't T.O. because he broke his leg. 2003, the Eagles. The Eagles beat the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC championship game. I'm trying to think of that's not the TO season. If it was thinking. the 04 Super Bowl, that was the TO broken leg year. So he couldn't have led the NFL in receiving yards. Right. I, but that's always, uh, you know, you never know. Oh man. Titans. Kyle says Holt lock it in. He was a high school senior. Remembers that that year. Uh, Randy Moss. I, I want to say that was when Randy Moss was already kind of. Had he gone to the Raiders at that point, or was he still in Minnesota? Man, I think that your Marvin Harrison fact is pretty intriguing. It's enticing, but we have some Holts coming in here. I mean, because with AJ... Tory, here, here's the thing. Here's why I think it might be Tory Holt. Because by 2003, I think Isaac Bruce was already retired or on a steep decline, and Marvin Harrison that year would have had a like a third year Reggie Wayne who was coming into his own and like a Dallas Clark. And that might've been a Brandon Stokely year. So I think, I think the Colts spread it around too much for yards. Uh, so I think Tory Holt's the answer. All right. We'll go with the chat. You want to lock it in? Tory Holt final A to Z. In 2003, man, this is really 2003 trivia. Which wide receiver led the NFL in touchdown catches? Marty Booker, Randy Moss, Eric Moulds, or Marvin Harrison? 
Would this be Marvin? Could be. Eric Moles. I mean, this is a tough one. Marty Booker, Randy Moss, Eric Moles, or Marvin Harrison. Which wide receiver led the NFL in touchdown catches catches in 2003? It's not Moles. It's not Booker. It's either Moss or Harrison. Because Eric Moles was playing with like J.P. Lossman as his quarterback. I think it's Marvin Harris. Ah, oh, man. Randy Moss. Because <laughs> Randy Moss would have had Dante Culpepper. I think it's Marvin Harrison. Let's go Marvin Harrison. Touchdowns, not yards. Touchdowns. Dustin says, this is Moss. I think he had 17. And AJ says, Moss, 100%. Again, no Googling, guys. No Googling. But then you got Molds with 16, you know? like. I... So let's go Randy Moss. Let's go Randy Moss, final A to Z. All right, lock it in. Randy Moss. Hey, hey, hey. I'm gonna. I can slander JP Lossman all I want. <laughs> like JP Lossman is not above anything. JP Lossman was super average. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Which of the following wide receivers never won a Super Bowl MVP? Jerry Rice, Lynn Swan, Fred Bolitnikoff, Michael Irving. Michael Irving never won a Super Bowl MVP. Because the Cowboys. There's three Super Bowls. Tony Brown won in 1995 against the Steelers. Emmett Smith won the second one in Atlanta against Buffalo. Yeah, I think it's the Irving. The first one in Pasadena. Irving did have a big day. I think it's Ir- I think Michael Irving did not. I don't think Michael Irving did. And Larry Brown, not Tony Brown. Thank you, Lucas. Troy Aikman won that. I think it's Michael Irvin. I'm locking that in. Final A to Z. Which does... Which does... What question is this? Uh, This is eight. Okay. Which does Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Lynn Swan have in common with New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady? Both attended the same high school. Both attended the same college. Both have won multiple Super Bowl MVPs or all listed. Mm, this is interesting. Mm. So, Tom, where did Lynn Swan go to college? Not Michigan. So, it's not two of those, right? So, it's either attended the same high school or both have won multiple Super Bowls. I think it's MVPs. Super Bowl MVP. I think it's MVPs. Well, we know Tom Brady has and Lynn Swan. Uh, cause that's, that's, they won four. I, I think it's Super Bowl. But MVPs. where did they go to high school? Well, uh, people are saying Lynn Swan went to USC. That's right. So, so if he's, he, he could be from California, but Brady's from Northern California. <laughs> I think it's multiple MVPs. I think it's multiple Super Bowl MVPs. People are saying high school. People are saying MVPs It's between those two. Oh, this is tough. This is this is very difficult trivia quiz. Orlando says the same high school. I feel like I saw it on a football life. It's all about the Scott, MVPs. We know Scott Tom says Brady. Juan won one Super Bowl MVP. So let's go high school then. Let's let's just go high school. 
Scott and Ronnie are always trivia superstars. So let's go high school. Same high school, Lynn Swan, Tom Brady. All right. Finally. Locked in. Yeah. Two more. All right. Two more questions. In 2000, which wide receiver broke the NFL record for the most receptions in one single game? And this is something we haven't had. I have to submit the answer. Two words. Oh, wow. It's not multiple choice. No, no multiple choice. In 2000, oh. which wide receiver broke the NFL record for the most receptions in one single game? Eric says Terrell Owens. Ronnie says Terrell Owens. Bobby says Bob. Brandon Marshall, but not in 2000. Carlos says T.O. That's easy. So I think Terrell Owens is running away with this. So do we go T.O.? Terrell Owens? Submit that thing. Make sure I spell Terrell correctly. Uh, yeah. And we have okay. not used him in another answer. Uh-oh. You want to lock it in? Final A to Z. All right, last question. On September 11th, 1995, Brett Favre threw a record-breaking 99-yard touchdown pass on Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears. Who caught this pass? Robert Brooks, Sterling Sharp, Donald Duke and the driver, or Antonio Freeman? It's Freeman. Right? It's not <laughs> it's not Donald it's not Donald Driver. Who the name him again? Robert Brooks, Sterling Sharp, Donald Driver, or Antonio Freeman. Looking at it initially, I thought my gut said Antonio Freeman as well. But a lot of people are saying driver. I think it's free. No, Dr Donald Driver's not that old. 95? Donald Driver Fair. was a 2000s player. Yeah. Sterling Sharp, I don't think, could run 99 yards. So we're down to Brooks or Freeman. Yeah, Lucas says Freeman was the he did what Al Michaels play. So maybe this is Brooks. I mean, this is uh, the, the chat is, you know, we're getting a lot. Now we're getting a lot of Sterling Sharps. And now, and Ronnie's Ronnie's going with Brooks. I, I, you know how I feel about Ronnie. You said Freeman. I said Freeman first, but now I think Freeman was also a little later. Omar says Freeman lock it in. Rob reminds people not to Google, but again, there's people saying constantly opposite question, opposite answers. I mean, we're between uh, Freeman, Freeman Brooks. Brooks or Sharp. I think I think Sterling Sharp's out. I, let's go Robert Brooks. Robert Brooks, final A to Z. All right. Submit the quiz. First question, who was the only wide receiver drafted with the first overall pick of the 1980s? We said Irving Fryer. The New England Patriots drafted Nebraska Cornhusker Irving Fryer with the overall first overall pick. Ding. Wow. I didn't know that. That was Me 
Who's the only wide receiver draft? I know Nebraska had wide receivers. Go ahead. And neither. Who's the only wide receiver drafted in the first overall pick in the 1990s? Our answer, Keyshawn Johnson. The Jets drafted USC's Keyshawn Johnson. Ding. Which of these former Heisman Trophy winning wide receivers played in the NFL in 2003? Heisman Trophy winner Tim Brown is correct. Ding. Three now. Who was the first wide receiver to have over 200 yards receiving in a Super Bowl? We answered Jerry Rice. This player had 215 yards receiving against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. It was Jerry Rice of the 49ers. Bing, 4-0. Which wide receiver led the NFL in wide receiver in 2003? In yards? It, yes, in receiving yards in 2003. 1,696 yards. From Tory Holt, hey, our answer. Ding, 5-0. In 2003, which wide receiver led the NFL in touchdown catches? We said Randy Moss. The correct answer was 17 catches by Randy Moss All of right. the Vikings. Good job, Titans. Kyle, 6-0. That was, that was a big one. Which yep. of the following wide receivers never won a Super Bowl MVP? Michael Irving. Is the correct answer. He Ooh, never won a Super Bowl seven. MVP. Next question. Which does Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Lynn Swan have in common with New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady? We said both attended the same high school. Juniper Sierra High School in San Mateo, California. Barry Bonds of the San Francisco Giants wow. also went to that high school. Swan and Brady both attended the same high school. We are correct. That's eight no, right? Correct. We have two more. In 2000, which wide receiver broke the NFL record for the most receptions in one single game? 20 receptions against the Chicago Bears in 2000. The old record was over 50 years old. Terrell Owens of the 49ers is the correct answer. Boom, 9-0. and oh. Let's see if we can we go 10. Last question. On September 11th, 2000 or excuse me 1995 Brett Favre threw a record-breaking 99-yard touchdown pass on Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears who caught this pass the wide receiver on the receiving end of this pass was Green Bay Packer Robert Brooks hey did we just go 12 and 0 or 10 and 0 we went 10 and 0 10 for 10 10 for 10. That's, that's the how you time ever we've ever done that. Yeah. And that's a week one. Week one, 10 and 0. Boom. Huge. I mean, that's Huge off to start. a stellar start. Yeah. We've definitely never done that. And, and, and what was this labeled? A difficult question? This is a difficult test. Yeah. We aced so, it. So look, and Jay says this really looks Googled. I, 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 I believe in the chat is is honest, right? But there's a lot of people. I mean, we got 200 plus people, right? So like, you got to be honest. Uh, the only way to combat this is timing it, and so uh, that may be in the thought process moving forward. We just want to be authentic. We're not trying to cheat. It's not fun when you cheat. That's not mm -hmm. how it works. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, stay honest so we can continue to do this trivia. And I'm not pointing anybody in particular out. And, and, and I'm with Dustin. I think we're getting more people involved, which means that more people have a knowledge database of things that happened. I, I think that's fair. And I, I, I believe people don't cheat, but look, we are the moderators. So we got to say what we got to say. Yeah. And Lucas is true. Like, What's the point of cheating on this? <laughs> What's like, what is the point? Well, I think anybody finds an excuse to cheat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, looks very successful Tuesday sports trivia up. up but that's what they always do. When you go undefeated, people start questioning, right? You get spy gate, steroids, you get steroid gate. You got, you're flattening the footballs. We're paying our recruits money, all this kind of stuff. Right. So, all right, we'll keep it up. But we'll see you guys tomorrow um, on a – and here's another good thing. Like, Orlando says, it's impossible to leave Facebook and Google. That's true. If you're on Facebook, you can't exit out of it, go Google, and then come back in in time. So that, that is true there too. All right. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Don't forget there is a Big Orange podcast episode out with Charlie Burris and Zach Reagan talking about the Vols in the Music City Bowl. We've already got plans that we're working on for that Music City Bowl, so we'll have those come out over the next couple of weeks. Buck Rising will be live tonight. It is eSports Primetime at 8 p.m. Central Time. Don't forget our website. Tons of uh, other content going out all over the place with A to Z Sports. Make sure you're following us across all the social media platforms, and we'll see you guys tomorrow morning at a uh, Wednesday for a Throwing Shade. See you guys later. Thanks. Adios.